0: Hello, everyone. Sarah Hanchar here with a brand new episode of Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. Today, we walk down memory lane. Memory lane? Yes, memory lane. with my friend Mara Siciliano, and we talk all about the 90s. What's special about Mara's take on the 90s is that she was here in the Pacific Northwest and just had her finger on the heartbeat of all things grunge and punk and that zine scene and all of that really cool stuff. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I know I sure enjoy recorded with her. My goodness. ah. Oh you know what? Talk to your friends, get your take on the 90s, because everyone has a fun story here and there. And it was just a true delight to talk to her about it. Lovely. Hey, uh, real quick, I want to say thank you to the <laughs> the people who, hey, who had an iPhone and went over and gave me a five-star rating. Thank you so much. So if you too have an iPhone, it's super duper easy. Just swing on over to iTunes and look up, hi, I think you're nice. That's this podcast. And give me five stars and you know what? If you leave me a review uh, with your your handle, I will say thank you to you specifically. But in the meantime, thank you for those who have done that. I really appreciate it. And I'm always looking for more. Yes, I need your help. Hey, I also want to say thank you for joining me over on Facebook. Yeah, I've got some really great suggestions for a really fun episode that's coming up this December, and I couldn't have done it without you. Christine Reapy, and I had a great time recording together all about that holiday season and and thanks to your suggestions uh you made it that much better so thank you for that you can also swing by instagram uh it's i think you're nice on instagram i think you're nice on facebook and every now and again i think you're nice on twitter so go ahead find me there i'd love for you to say hi how's it going and as always i've got like cute fun nice soup super delightful things up there. Yes, oh, that was all very normal to say out loud. Hey, shall we just jump right into this episode? I think we should. So let's jump right in, have some fun, and enjoy the rest of your week. All right, gang, see you later. Bye! Hi, I think you're nice. Why, hi, I think you're nice. Let's have a seat and let's have a nice time. I think you're nice. So let's chat, so let's chat, so let's chat. I think you're nice, so let's chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hi, I Think You're Nice. I am your host, Sarah Hanshar, and this is the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things. And today, my guest is Mara Siciliano. Yes! <laughs> and we're going to talk about the... Awesomeness that was the Pacific Northwest in the '90s. Um, It has its very unique place in history in America, and it finally got to where I lived in Pennsylvania. It got to me around like the year 2000, 2001. (laughs) So I'm so excited to hear about like the real time grunge and style and fashion and music and all that um, from someone. Who was here? You were here. I was here. Where were you from originally? Well, originally I was I mean, I was born in Wisconsin, but Okay, but okay. I made my way <laughs> made my way
1: to the West Coast at the ripe age of Three, four? Okay. I don't have any memory of Wisconsin, really. Sure. Anyway, so uh, so lived outside of Portland, Oregon in the lovely suburb of Vancouver, Washington. Yes. Uh, which is now a booming town in itself. But is it really? It is, Sweet. yes. Vancouver has an adorable little old town, and everybody wants to live there now so that they can commute to Portland.
0: Oh, um, that yeah. makes sense.
1: Which was, you know, dad worked for the power company, my mother worked for the Pacific Northwest College. College of Art. I also got jobs in Portland. It's like, you lived in, in Vancouver, but you played in Portland. Like that was yeah. kind of like, that was our <laughs> like, hey, everybody, let's go for a drive over the bridge to Portland. So we were very Portland centric as a kid. And then, yeah. and then you got your driver's license. Uh-huh. And there was this big moment when your parents decided you could cross the bridge over the columbia river and into the city and that's where so much of my like 90s like, more yeah. begins was that moment when my parents were like, if your best friend Courtney, who is super responsible, uh-huh. awesome, <laughs> six feet tall, yes. very, like, capable, if your very capable friend goes with you, then you can take our <laughs> 1979 Ford Mercury Colony Park station wagon with the wood panels across the bridge. I'm sorry. <laughs> you glossed over the wood panels. Yes. I felt like it was really important to point out that it was one of those, like, wood panels. Yeah. station wagons, it was enormous and you couldn't drive hazardously in it because it was so big. So it's like, you couldn't like cut corners or do turns fast. Mm -mm. Um, I remember parallel parking it on the Portland streets constantly. And to this day, like I am a phenomenal (laughs) parallel parker. And it's because once you parallel park, you know, the world's biggest station wagon. I'm assuming it was, you didn't have... (laughs) What, no, what there was no power steering. Power steering. Good point. Yeah, was, it was arm I was over arm. For Mara. It was like hand <laughs> over hand. <laughs> <laughs> boy, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, there was no, no power locks, you, you know, it was all... Well, yeah. it did have automatic windows, which was, like, cutting oh. edge at the time, right next to the uh, ashtrays that were in the arms. <laughs> and somebody had stuck gum in all of them. Oh, but no! But I could pop up the back, and there were seats that I could stuff friends in. So, like, oh. if I was taking a whole... Crew to Portland. Yes. You could stuff eight, nine people in that car and would weigh it down so that it was like, sorry, (laughs) it was like almost like lower, you know, like dragging (laughs) on the bottom. (laughs) car for a 16-year-old Mara (laughs) to go across the bridge and then into Portland and it was just such a it was a lovely time to grow up and to be uh you know allowed that permission to like you know and then of course like once you know you got over there it was like (gasps) a whole new world yeah well yeah yeah, because I was really lucky I had a very traditional suburban Mm -hmm. middle-class upbringing Fairly stable family. So it was it was nice to be able to just go and have adventures for the yeah. sake of adventure versus like, I'm getting away from him. You know, it was way yeah. more like, <laughs> like I wasn't, re- I didn't rebel as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I got, a- I was the oldest of three. I got along really well with my parents for the most part. And was a good student and good kid and a late bloomer, so it's not like I was doing bad stuff or even, you know. So my parents were like, "Yes, please go have a social life, you know, yeah. like
0: get, get any, out go outside."
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, they really were. They were great. And again, because I had a very responsible best friend, I think without her, my mother would have been like, "I don't know." But as I said, my best friend Courtney, she just had no. She suffered no fools, right? So okay. she, she was like going on boardy eight 12. Like, she just was like, <laughs> did not have time for nonsense. Yeah. Um, old soul. All because she was so tall, and I think she had this. You're older... tall, too. Aren't you tall? She's, I'm 5'8, she was six feet. So okay. I was thinking about this too. When we were going to some of the grittier, grimier clubs, it was still a man's world. Sure. And I think our height and our general, like, innocence okay. helped us because oh. we just sauntered right into mosh pits. Like, I still remember concussions that I got because <laughs> someone landed on me. And I was like, I'm sure he'll, ah! You know, like, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> we we just were a good team. And, like, we would protect each other. She would, you know, mm-hmm. again, suffered no fools. And, um, and because we were dressed in grunge fashion, which... Sure as a friend of mine said, if you could be attractive despite 90s fashion as a woman, <laughs> you were doing really well, because it did no favors to the female yeah, form. No. I mean, it got who, I, I just, I think you saw I unearthed a tank top collection. No, a crop top collection. I've, I saw, I read that you unearthed it, I but did. I haven't seen the Oh, there's the some pictures. photos floating around where I just laid them all out. I didn't realize I had this collection. I think it was more of a late 90s thing. Okay. Versus early 90s, because early 90s really was flannel, Mm -hmm. thermal underwear, worn out, you know, worn as like a sweater, Uh, cardigans, baggy old men, brown cardigans that were shapeless, and then big oversized Levi's. And this is where when I see revival 90s stuff, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, 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 no. First of all, our pants were way too big. They were like... Two or three times bigger. Right with
0: corduroy. Am I remembering that correctly? Or yes. Was that a Pennsylvania specific thing? Okay. No, corduroy was part of it. Okay. Like because I could get slouchy corduroy pants. Yes, corduroy pants. you could do corduroy. Yeah. Yes,
1: it could be uh, holy Levi's that you found at the Value Village. Okay. That were like five ninety nine, and uh, I used to find they were cheaper if they had holes, like especially in the crotch area. So I <laughs> and
0: I would go for those. I'm glad to know that you. went to value village oh, like yes. you went to like yes and, and that's a that's like like a goodwill salvation yes. army sort of it establishment totally, yes is that um, a northwest thing value village yeah because okay. i didn't know yes. what a value village is and i went in i'm like oh, well, oh i
1: like this place it's like a slight touch above goodwill it's it just is. A, although goodwill a in the last 10 years has hipped it up a bit they have because i was also thinking like what was nice about the 90s is the 80s was materialistic wealth. Mm -hmm. centered culture fashion etc so I remember in the 80s just being behind right like didn't have the guest stuff until too late when Uh I discovered they had guest cast offs at Ross so remember busting out some cool guest sweatshirt that I found at Ross and being like, I'm in, I'm in, get ready, boys, like saving my money for the Esprit bag and, you know, just really wanting that brand name stuff. And then when crunch it, you no longer that like brand that didn't matter. That was totally frowned upon. So now you could look super with it for pennies on the dot, right? Like, yes! you could go to Value Village and get a whole ensemble <laughs> for $10 and be set, you know? You'd, yeah. you'd invest in a pair of Doc Martens. Um, for me, the weirder looking, the better. Oh, for sure. Um, like, you could, you could. Um, I mean, even Doc Martens, I think, were probably considered a little passe for, like, true punks. But, like, for the suburbanites like us, it was like, oh, my God, Doc
0: Martens. They're also really, because I also got hardcore into Doc Martens. I had um, a holographic pair. Yes. And I remember I swapped with a girl in high school for a day and hers were, they were fine. They were like purple or yellow. I don't remember. Yes. But I'm like, okay, Amber, I'm definitely going to need mine back though. Yes. Because I, I like the holographic crazy yeah, ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did they have waffle bottom or were they flat bottom? Because uh, that was another distinguishing... They were... I don't remember. I, th- I think they were flat bottom. I thought they had lines. That, that this, would be flat bottom. Okay. Yeah, the were
1: waffle flat. were heavier Okay. And they were like the waffle, like it was a waffle pattern. Yeah. I wish I, I are they like I, super thick chunky bottoms. Very thick chunky bottoms, nice. and then um they they made you taller, right? Because yes. they were like this, and they Uh-oh. were like a waffle. And the idea was, it was like you were going to go work in the mines or whatever, and you yeah. needed to keep yourself from slipping. So I don't.
0: I, I love a reasonable shoe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Even and they as a child. they had like air soles in them, <laughs> like they were supposedly more supportive. Which yeah.
0: I had some
1: debate on that. <laughs> I I was gonna grab my amazing silver pair that um that are like twenty pounds. They're so heavy. And I have insoles, <laughs> like I
0: have actual
1: like in- soft insoles oh, that I nice. put in them at the time because they were so heavy and so cumbersome that I remember being like, I need a little more support. Anyway. Even as a kid, you're like, I need orthotics. Yes. <laughs> well, because I was a dancer. Oh, you were a dancer, I had of Pretty messed up feet, and so yeah. I from a very early age was like, I have always going to need arch support I'm always going to need a practical shoe Yeah, which was one more reason why the 90s were so lovely right because yeah. they were like hey you know what you don't have to wear skin tight guest jeans anymore you can wear a si- you know two sizes too big Levi's with yeah. like a spike belt or some twine I don't know or a scarf if you're like me you <laughs> weaved a scarf in your belt loops <laughs> and you might lose your belt loops at the next show which I did like I wrote in here about this show where somehow And I think it's because guys didn't like that I was right in the front and they would pull, they would pull on my loops to try to manipulate us out of our space cause girls don't belong in the pit up front like we fought really hard for our up front spots and I still like I wrote I was rereading this and I'm like that's right I remember half my belt loops were gone part of it's cause I did buy them at value village <laughs> so, <laughs> so these were old they know. might have not been all that stable yeah. but it was just part of getting in the muck and the mire and I remember we, we, we found these guys were really aggressive they really wanted our spots and like we actually did what we call the dick push which is where you'd grab. (laughs) the guard barrier, right? Uh-huh. And then you'd push back with your oh, butt as fast as you could okay. and you get them in the crotch and that worked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they didn't like that at all. I don't know if you can hear the <laughs> smile on Mara's face as she's like, <laughs> that worked. It was great. I'm so glad it, it did. They shouldn't be touching your belt loops. I mean, everyone, this, there's enough room. Yeah. Actually, there's not enough room in the yeah. mosh pit for everyone. No. But that's just it. Yeah. It's equally not enough room for everybody. Right. (laughs) I mean, it was kind of (laughs) ridiculous. because the first
1: time I went, I had my long Alanis Morissette hair. Mm, of course. Down, oh, you know, yes, parted down the Mara. center. I mean, I played Alanis Morissette in college, in like late, late night theater, constantly. Because she was you such an could. icon. You could, I mean, I just, you I'll, really I'll, would do a lovely I'll job. bring, I'll send some photos of please, my please. amazing, amazing please. Alanis Morissette hair. I mean, it really was exact. It was exact. So, uh-huh. like, the first day, the first show was like, holy crap, my Alanis Morissette hair! Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all over. But I would do two pink tails at the top of my head, braid both of them, Uh tie them like this, and then do... Pretzel business. Yes. And then I would do like a whole bunch of bobby pins. Okay. um, And that would keep things fairly... uh, Stable. Stable. In fact, I'm trying to see... She's looking into her dream right I'm, now, which we're going to talk about. I mean, in here, about, which this, is, this is clearly early on because there I am with my Alonis Morissette hair. hair. But I was also thinking sorry, so many memories. So I also worked at the Portland Saturday Market, uh-huh. which is the big market under Burnside. Um, it is an I'm not sure amazing, been wonderful place. And I worked there in the summer of 95. And that was the summer, like everybody got a tattoo, <laughs> a an eyebrow ring. And a belly button ring. Like, oh. the belly button ring exploded. And I just saw, and I saw so many, like, infected <laughs> belly button rings, <laughs> eyebrow rings, and some beautiful tattoos, and some horrible tattoos. Terribly and regretful tattoos. summer, I was, like, burned out of all of it. Like, with very few exceptions. I was like, never want to see that. Never want to see that again. Like, I, and then, and then I am, you know, no tattoos. Like, to this day, I am, like, pretty no, conservative you. considering. Like everybody has a tattoo now, and everybody has like an eyebrow piercing in their past, and but I feel like in ni- maybe not everybody, but like in '95, yeah. it was like the door blew off body modifications, and it was a pop culture sensation to be working at the Portland Saturday Market in 1995 because there was
0: just uh, so, so much so going much. on. So much, and I, I, I because I can imagine that the type of environment that you're you're talking about, and i I'm just remembering like. Cause you were actually of an age to like enjoy that stuff. I was still a little bit too young, uh, on that side. Just a scooch. Um, I was still I didn't get my driver's license till I was 18. Because I'm so cool. That's great. Right. Um but I remember like as soon as body modification like really blew up. This is again like the end of high school end of middle school for me, beginning of high school. And I'm seeing these things and I had opinions about them, neither good nor bad. But I was like, I don't, I. How can I get involved in this? Because mm-hmm. I didn't. I know I was interested. Yes. like I, I loved the the flannel yeah. and the plaid, like the style in there on it. It was lovely because for the first time, like there were sizes that accommodated my figure. Right. Like, I went to J.C. JCPenney's, and I bought cords and, yes. like, sweaters with that stripe that go across, yes. you know? Yes,
1: I know that sweater.
0: Um, we all have, you must have yeah. that sweater yes. if you've lived through the 90s yes. in, your, um, in your teenage years. And... Yeah, it was very accommodating for everybody. Yeah, it was lovely, because I'm like, for once, I'm dressing like the cool kids. Yeah, yeah. And I... I could never. I was never interested in a nose or eyebrow or belly button piercing, um, but I did. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm mm-hmm. gonna get like three. So I had three ear piercings. Yeah, did you have one up I here? Did. Too? Yeah. I did. Yeah, uh, that, that one this, always hurt forever. Yes. And and it it fell.
1: I think I took this one out like twelve or thirteen years ago. Uh huh. Does it um, still hurt? No, oh, good. and I don't even if the holster there. But I was like, I had this for a long time. This felt counterculture enough for me, right? Yeah, it's like the
0: gateway the, of the one up on the cartilage. I'm yes, to, like for piercing. Mine like, never it, it hurt forever. Yeah, and so I'm just like, hell with it. I don't want to. I'm not that cool. How how long did you have it in? Maybe a year, maybe, yeah, and then I just quit.
1: If it still hurts, then don't do it. I mean, I have keloid scars on the back from uh, getting my piercings done at the $5 haircut <laughs> in suburban Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> the $5 haircut place, which literally is just a lady in the back with a gun, like a, yeah, with one of those piercing yes. guns.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Claire's was responsible for the oh, first two. me, yes. Claire's, yes, me too. For the first, yeah. For the first two. And, <laughs> and the, and then the third the one. The ear piercings. <laughs> um, the third one I got done at a tattoo place in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And that's
1: how you should do that's it. That's how
0: everyone, ladies, Just gentlemen, everybody the in the place. world, <laughs> go to a tattoo place, an accredited, clean, beautiful tattoo yes, place. Do not go. For because he was $5. like, he's like, your left ear is sort of like on a sharp V, whereas the other one follows a slope of your ear. Cool. He's like, so I don't know what to do. Because he's like... a. A real yeah. body artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, this it has been wrong for... Not wrong, but it has been this way. I'm like, I trust you to do whatever. And yeah, then who yeah. knows how long those have been grown shut. I actually forgot that I had three. Yeah, I know. Now. I have
1: three on one side. Uh-huh. Because that was... <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> and I think I have a double. Yeah, yeah. It's so oh. weird. I didn't even think about that. Yes, I guess this so you did the most body mod- modification I did was unusual yeah, pier- I do
0: have a tattoo on my butt.
1: And that's totally
0: acceptable. And that's for friends and family only. Ooh! Family. <laughs> Just
1: <kidding>. hey, family. <laughs> I call you
0: friends you know that I'm are saying. like family that might see you yeah. in certain compromising no, positions. No, like my godson, my, the, the, my cousins and stuff no I and I'm not
1: dismissing tattoos it's just interesting because I feel
0: like I got to see sort of the
1: rise of the tattoo into popular culture yeah so much so that when I was like maybe 10 years ago maybe not that long I was taking a dance class at Velocity Center in Capitol Hill and it's like 20 people and I'm the only one not tattooed like every single person in the room is decked out with some kind of ink except for me well, I had a front row seat to it because mm-hmm. I was working at an import booth selling hemp necklaces. Oh my
0: God, Mara! <laughs> uh, yes. You are the most Pacific Northwestian uh, yeah. 90s person Yeah, ever. you needed a hemp
1: with a Fimo a bead of like a mushroom. <laughs> I was your girl.
0: Um, I've been to that kiosk in Whitney uh, yes. Mall once upon a time. Yeah, again oh, in '98. Yes. <laughs> I had a I had a, a hemp hemp hat, little hemp,
1: oh, hemp just woven hemp hat. hat. I I worked next door to the Grateful Dead booth. The Grateful Uh, Dead guy and I dated (laughs) briefly. He was he was asked me to. His thing was like, I don't spend a single day without wearing Grateful Dead bear. So I think I'm gonna get a Grateful Dead bear tattooed, so I don't have to worry about coordinating my clothes with my. Whoa! Clothes. Yeah, he's so dedicated. We to didn't Why? We? <laughs> because I didn't like the Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just remember we were both selling our stuff. I and mean, sure. these are huge tents, right? We have to mm-hmm. like put the tents up and get all the all the merchandise out. And there was other people that worked there. Yeah, they were huge tents and. And the Grateful Dead tent was gigantic. It was like two or three of these studios, and my tent. We shared
0: a a tapestry wall. <laughs> Several tapestries. Was it like tie-dyed with the ohm symbol uh, no, or the bear or, the, was, or the Jerry Garcia? Oh bear? yeah,
1: their their side, yes. Um, yeah. But I think it was a double layer of tapestry, and ours was just like the Indian tapestries oh, okay. so you could buy them for your okay. dorm room or whatnot. Sure, and uh, they floated in the breeze, you know, <laughs> yes. and uh, and then they, all the necklaces are hanging. And then we had like bags and hemp, everything like hemp, you name it, we had it. And so, and so it was a good two booths next together. But I just remember he, he uh, asked me to the beer festival, and oh. I remember being like, um, I'm only 18. And uh, he was like, oh, oh. And I remember being like, oh my God, he thinks I'm 21? And he was like 22 or 23. Okay. But height. It was like, I have arrived. Because I had Whoa. just graduated from high school. Yeah. So I was like, get, get ready, world. I have yeah. arrived. A 22-year-old, well, busted out, grateful dad employee, <laughs> has asked me to the beer festival, which was like, open air beer festival, because of course it's Portland in 95. And just being like, I've arrived. It's a yes, weird time. It is a weird time. About. And, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad that I'm not an 18-year-old woman entering the workforce because I just, you know, you weren't taken seriously very much. And I don't know. That being said, the other thing that I think that made the 90s so lovely is that it was a really supportive, loving time. Like, uh, you know, we... uh, there was a place for us in the mosh pit all of a sudden and girl bands and Olympia was just up the road and riot girl began in the mid nineties, probably early nineties. So we had something we had people like Courtney love coming through and um, bikini kill and Slater Kinney started, I think in the late nineties. And so we started getting more girl bands and Luna chicks. I just remembered, like I saw a lot of punk shows with Mm -hmm. a lot of punk dude bands, but I still remember when the Luna chicks opened and It's funny, because I was trying to listen to them. I'm like, I don't think I like their music. I don't know if I ever really liked them. But she was so amazing. Like, the lead singer was, like, looked like an amazing blonde Barbie doll. She was enormous, six foot tall, super sexy. And she definitely leaned into that. But she was backed by a punk band and played the guitar and was really good with the hecklers. Um, So she was a great example. I saw Tribe 8. And Tribe 8 was, like, crazy. Like... Super radical, you know, feminist, lesbian—the whole crowd. I was like, "Oh my god, look at all these gay people!" You know, in yeah. nineteen ninety-four, I was like, "What? This exists? Like, no idea that this, this—you know—there was whole movement and culture. Whole, yes, was right there for you was not exposed to all that yeah. kind of culture in suburban Vancouver. I—I I mean, Karen Black was another uh, very radical band, and I—I I wish I'd done more Karen Black research, but she would like show up on stage wearing very little and then she would cover herself in body paint, take off her clothes and roll around. So it it was like performance art. It was like early performance art and then there were bands and like Stuffed crows and I mean, so it was like,
0: so it's like guar. Almost. Yes, yes. <laughs> I feel like there was a guar in there.
1: Yes, uh, I forgot all about Karen Black. Same set of guys were like, that was like a punchline forever. It's like wow, well, it Karen Black, because it was radical at the time. But I of was, a, you know, a theater kid, so part of me was like, I'm into it. Like, yeah. I'm. I've never seen anything like this. Um, I want to see more. So in addition to like seeing mainstream <laughs> punk and. You know, even radio hits, punk. Um, there was a lot of like, uh, you know, local bands,
0: local acts, theater performance. Like it was, a, it was a very creative time. I was a responsible kid, um, sort of like you, you were saying, like good student, da 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 da. Yeah. Um, never, never, uh, any any big problems there. I got along with my family, and so if I wanted to go somewhere, I needed a ride because we lived in, you know. BFE, like nowhere. And so, like, going to state college, Penn State, that was huge for us because that was sort of my Portland, if you will. Yes. It had, like, it was a college town. So it was, like, hip and cool. And it had a hemp store. Yes. And it had, like, cool tchotchke things. That's where I bought my hair dye because I dyed my hair, like, little pieces of it because I couldn't commit.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, I did the same thing. A little chunky red here little, and there.
0: Yeah, a chunky. Yeah, That's chunky green, great. pink, and yeah, and blue. A little manic panic. Manic oh, panic. A hundred percent. Uncle Eli's was yes. the store to yes. for us wayward weirdos, and it was mm-hmm. lovely. And my my dad was like, "Well, take a cell phone," and I called it my Scully phone because Mulder and Scully um, yeah. had very similar phones on X Files. Okay, so that was like the first like flip phone. And my friends in state college were like what's with a drug dealer phone? I'm like, what? Ew, gross. It's so funny it was like
1: considered a drug
0: dealer phone. I, know, I it's thought like, that it's was just so a phone. Like, it's my dad. Yeah, like, yeah. him your dad for
1: the score.
0: Yo, dad. Yeah. Can you pick me up on
1: the Pizza Hut? Thank yeah. you. But see, that was very practical. I mean, Josh and I shared a cell phone Aww. in the early aughts, if that Aww. says anything. It was like, if That's... he was going to be out with friends, I'd be like, take the cell phone. <laughs> You could call the landline if you're going to be late, you know? I mean, we shared one for several
0: years. I love that. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm infinitely grateful every day that (sighs) high school and college was not available for a phone. Yeah. So it was just beginning to be in college, like near the mid-aughts. Yes. It was like, oh... I, yeah. pictures were happening. Oh God. Oh, I yeah. just remembered some dating things and pictures I've sent. Oh Lord, yeah. they're bound yeah. to be gone, right? Yeah.
1: I mean again, you can't talk nineties <laughs> without having this sort of prerequisite like, just so you know we didn't have any technology keeping track of us and I think it was better. But I don't wanna be <laughs> ah, I, I don't wanna be that person. But that's that's how you like it. I do. Yeah. And um yeah. And it that's, was I'm not I'm not was, here to tell you how to live your it life. It's a big thing to not have it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, hindsight. being
0: footloose and fancy free. I love it. I Portland actually had way more all-ages
1: shows for me to go to. Mm-hmm. And then Seattle still had this teen dance club ordinance, which was super lame. So, like you couldn't see major bands at all. You had to be 21 and over. That's super lame. It was. And it got overturned. I don't remember when the teen dance ordinance got overturned, but it wasn't overturned during my tenure. That sounds like footloose. Tenure. like yeah, teen it was. It's, dance called, it's o- called the teen dance ordinance. And pretty no. much if you served alcohol, you could not have minors within your establishment. So majority of bands would do the alcohol because it meant more people and more, more bodies and more. Yeah. They'd get paid by the... Hey, I want to buy five years shirts. Yeah. 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 So if you were lucky, like maybe some bands would come through and do like an all ages show at like eight o'clock or like you, some bands would go to Bellevue because Bellevue had l- okay. or like Redmond, they would have like less strict. You know, but didn't. way small in way smaller houses, which might, yes. might be nice. Yeah, honestly. So There's still a few yeah. interesting bands over on the east side, but like it was if the east side was harder to get to on the bus. And, yeah. And so I kind of moved over from that to seeing more theater. And then the gay clubs were like, mm-hmm. whatever, come on down. And it'd be like drag queens performing for the night, you know, less about like bands. Yeah. So I kinda and I like to dance, so I kinda switched over, but
0: but Fair my enough.
1: Portland days were like, it's all about the music and then Seattle was way more about like, I'm gonna go see a whole bunch of theater and dance on boxes and try to get
0: attention. <laughs> uh, isn't that all of us in our twenties? Yeah. Trying to get attention <laughs> so one true. way or another. So true.
1: So so true. You just true. happen to be somewhere cool. I did pursue a band. Specifically the singer using origami for about two years. Oh, about my goodness. Every t- And I did a whole show on this. And anybody who's known me for longer than 15, 20 years is sick of this story. But, like, I just wanted to be noticed and wanted to be different and knew that if I gave the band a crane, like origami cranes or origami Uh elephants, they would remember me. And they did. They collected all their origami and they like taped it to their tour van on their first tour. And they called it their, you know, like they're like, none of our stuff got stolen and we're pretty sure it's because of your good luck cranes. So I like developed this very healthy rapport until I turned 18. Uh And then the lead singer was like, hey, now you're 18. Let's go make out in the van. And I Well, he didn't. Well, so he did say that. And I was like, oh, oh you. <laughs> and then I believe it's captured in this one. In this scene, Sarah, I reread this. It's uh-huh. so cringy. So here we are in the van. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I'm just like, oh, I'm in over my head. I, I mean, I'll, spoiler alert. I shut it down. Because one... He was a really bad kisser. Because I guess if you're like a super hot lead singer of a band, you don't have to work too hard on your skills. You have to be a good kisser. No, he was... In, he in was, life. He was terrible. And I, I cringe looking... I cannot believe I published this, but I t- published the whole thing, complete with our email exchange
0: afterwards. I think now's a great time <laughs> to dive into the world of Veeam. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was the 90s that birthed the zines, I, I correct? Do, I do think so, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, we used to share
1: these and go to zine festivals and symposiums and brush up against the comic book
0: culture. Because zines, I, I'm assuming, is abbreviated for magazines. Yes. And then there are these... these typically black and white and i I see that you drew most of yours i'm used to a lot of ones i have i have a lot of poetry friends oh so theirs are primarily like beautiful poetry but like arranged in unusual and beautiful ways no mine are all uh all drawn
1: and handwritten spelling errors and all spelling errors uh, uh, which again i I was like holy cow i mean that's this is my first one. You're holding like the second or third. Uh huh. These are the later ones. These were. This okay. one was I think 2000, and this one was 2006. So they're they look different. Oh. Like I, they actually had a little more thought put into them. Yeah. And they're less stream of conscience. What's but what I think is interesting. I mean, this one this one actually got into circulation. I had a distributor. Everything else was, um, you handed them out when I did a solo show in 98, and I did one in 99, I think. Like, I sold these, I had a friend sell them on the street uh-huh. after, because I couldn't sell them in the venue. Um, they were like companion pieces to the theater. Oh, okay. All autobiographical, right? Like, yeah. I just... I remember going to a symposium or something and somebody asking me to write for Rocker Girl. And I wish I could tell you, like, that was something I did. But I remember she was like, can you just do, like, a couple just quick comics? Like, just a strip or two? And I remember thinking, like, I can't think in four panel blips. And, like, all of my stuff is, like, rambling, epic, explosive stories. And so to, like... Shrink it down. I remember being like, I really want to work on Rocker Girl, but I have no idea how to take my big manic energy and like put it to Ooh. four panels. When this was like my way of taking all the experience and all yeah. the craziness and 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 kind of distilling it and then processing it, right? Because that's. Yeah. With ups and downs of life in your 20s, there was a lot of yeah. processing. And so, this was definitely a way of like processing like the bigger things in life and also documenting the experiences. And I adventures. was going to say,
0: the one that you, you showed me a picture of, mm-hmm. of, um, good old Mark McGrath, of Mark McGrath like falling and <laughs> what Mara has done. And with your permission, Mara, I'd like to probably scan that sure. one and post it. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's sort of like, A combination of Instagram slash courtroom drawing. (laughs) Like, you want to depict what's happening, but no cameras are allowed, so you're doing it by memory and by eye. Yeah. And it is, it is just a gosh darn delight. Oh, Because, for real, because you get a sense of, you just, you just get a sense of it all. Yeah. Which is really, really lovely. Of being there. Of being there, if you will. It almost, it kind of reminds me of, did did you ever watch the cartoon Daria? Yes, I've... That was the yeah. closest I ever got to completely understanding what the what that whole ethereal punk mm-hmm. grunge atmosphere. Because I'm pretty like sunshine unicorn girl, yeah. But I I definitely really love that punky grunginess of like I I was, okay, this is embarrassing. I was really into. um Horrible metal for a while, oh, like fun. Slipknot. Yes, and Corn. And I got <laughs> oh kicked in the head by God, the lead singer I of Taproot. It. Oh, that's awesome! And I just, not on purpose. He was crowd surfing, of and course. my head was there. He yes. did not seek oh, out my I, head. I've been there many and times. <laughs> I just. You know, and I what I think is really lovely because I wouldn't naturally assume like you would also be like yeah, mosh but get me in there, but I was really I was really into it. I didn't have any unfortunate experiences. I getting kicked in the head that kind of sucked. Um, but one guy, he's like you're the only one not sweating. And I'm like, high compliment. You're you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That is an interesting observation on his part. I also wonder if he was worried, like, are you going to have a heat stroke? Oh no. He was worried about you. I don't know. This one girl had her long, Uh, again, this is probably in the 2000, I graduated 2000. Okay. Um, uh, so that's where my timeline is. So it was before I graduated from high school and her, she had long, beautiful, like Rachel from Friends hair. Yeah. And she was in the slipknot, like mosh pit oh, and no. the hair yeah, yes. was sticking yeah, to yes. everybody. And she kept... Yes. Yeah, see, like, I
1: too made that mistake. Yeah. And, because um... I braid braid
0: that I shit up. braided
1: it up. Yeah. I got it out of the way. I don't think I ever wore it down after that, which and, is funny. I, this must've been in the early days cause I, I noticed I've drawn my hair down, but then I think... In other subsequent, even in that story, I even draw. Let me see. I draw my, my, my concert-going body. Oh, and I draw the post-concert body.
0: Um, <laughs> just of like before and after yes, and you go to a concert. Sorry, where
1: is it? No, oh, so there. My hair is up in the buns in this oh, one. Oh,
0: cute. Yes. P- please send me pictures. I would love to post those. Yeah. I think a lot of us will remember. Maybe have variations of fond memories yes. of this time.
1: It's just so funny because now that I'm looking at it, I do feel like that scene is probably the best scene which is why it was featured <gasps> in From Girls to Girls: A History of Comics from Teens to Zines. Let me just look my name up. In the what?
0: Back. So now Mara's pulling out this adorable book. Well, I say adorable just because it's my favorite it is, shade of pink. It is really adorable. Uh, it there. says Girls 24. to Girls. Spell G I R L S yeah. to. This is the G- Riot Girl
1: thing. So Trina Robbins. I still don't know how she heard of me, but she's a she's a comic historian in san francisco Uh she contacted me and wanted my zines and i don't know i still i you know i went to so many different like symposiums and comic book stores to put my stuff in circulation and um i went to conventions maybe during one of those times she got a hold of it but again she was in san francisco so she asked for some of my work and she put it in there! It's a great book. It's beautiful. I remember looking in the library for my book constantly so that I could, like, pull it out and be like, there I am. Aww. I mean, I feel like that was, and again, I was, what, 17, 18 when that yeah. book came out? And it was like, oh, my gosh, I I can do things and be yeah. things. And and I don't know, I hope I didn't peaked in 95, but it was like... I felt like it was a time rife with opportunity and yeah. my work and my writing and my ideas were super on point at the time and, and people were hungry for them and that, that was the 90s, I guess. I was just, I was super relevant in the 90s. <laughs> That's what i would say. I had a lot to say and pop culture buoyed me up. There are people with way crazier 90s stories, way more reckless, dangerous. I mean, there was always a drug culture that was Simmering underneath everything that I totally stayed out of, but like that—that the underbelly was there, and I, you know, saw it and brushed up against it and bumped up against it, but but just kept things pretty pure. So it's like my 90s is pretty glowy. Yeah, your,
0: your, your 90s is like yeah. a little little ball of sunshine. It and is. And that's, I think that's it's,
1: lovely. It's void of all like Mara goes down the dark path and calls the guy and it turns out like he's a psycho killer and I fight him off. <laughs> and we're wearing flannel. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> and we're wearing flannel. Yes. That's how we tie it mean, back to the 90s. <laughs> a lot of
1: like great epic 90s stories in association with that subculture yeah. but I was at my heart a pretty like nervous anxious girl and yeah. so my self-preservation
0: was pretty strong. I have a feeling that we are both, I'm a uh, I too am a f- I- I say it with all the fondness in my the world, fussy butt. Like, I'm a little, I'm a little, hmm, a little, oh, I'm nervous, I'm scared, yeah. and no thank you, and I'm afraid. Yeah. And yeah. I'm still really, I, re- I like everything, and I'm into everything, but I'm also, yeah, I'm, S- yeah. yeah. So, Just a little,
1: yeah, strong uh, there's sense nothing of self preservation.
0: R- strong sense of self preservation is a better way of saying than fussy butt. Although you do get to say, but. That's a, so. that's, a, that's, a, that's a hard
1: call. That's a tricky one. I think
0: it's, again, because the 80s were kind of rough. They
1: were really judgy. And I felt like I was constantly co- trying to get po- Like, I really wanted popularity. I wish oh, I could okay. be like, whatever, I rejected it. And it wasn't until, like the popular crowd showed interest in me that I was like, no, I really reject it because (laughs) I gotta go give origami to the lead singer of this band on the weekend. I'm not gonna go to your party. You know, like, once I... It just opened up the door past sort of that, like suburban This is the only thing school. I can be. These are the only friends yeah, I can have. This yeah. is the only future I can live. This is yeah. like... Where well, is it? It busted yes. those doors wide open. Yes. And when, like, the expectation was sports and the right clothes. I mean, I really embarrassingly, and it could just be because I really wanted to be liked, I just really tried Mm -hmm. to fit those molds and watched all the right 80s movies, was bummed I wasn't blonde, was bummed my hair wasn't big enough. The grunge thing hit (laughs) just in time for me because I was like, oh, this is what a more open-minded cultural aesthetic and I can fit in it. And I, I don't know if it was the Portland thing, but like it was a young city. All the things that Portland gets made fun of now was genuine back then. And it was a young city in Mm -hmm. general. Like, everywhere you looked, there was people your age. Everybody was a little weird. Everybody was super excited. Um, There was whimsy everywhere. You know, like, little installations in the park and, and the Yeah, just like mosaics yes, just
0: yes, randomly. Just, just random. You're like, like, oh
1: cool. Yeah. That should that should
0: be there yeah, in my the, opinion. The
1: graffiti was <laughs> artsy. Um, yeah. we would take our <laughs> canon cameras and go under Burnside where one of the first skate parks was there. Burnside. Oh. And these just my Like heart just still skips a beat over skateboarders but I just have this soft spot for skaters because I remember being like oh my god they're so amazing look at what they're going to do how can I be part of this? I will never be a skater (laughs) strong sense of self preservation Preservation. plus as a dancer I was going to say you were dancing you couldn't couldn't go get yourself injured on a skateboard because how are you going to do Swan Lake so I was like I will take their photos and that was like my end Ah. so it's like you take their photos then you go to the x-ray cafe and you watch Mm -hmm. a couple punk bands and I still remember like we would be out of gas so we would just look for nickels and quarters because I believe I write in this Uh gas was 89 cents a gallon so you just you know hand over a couple of nickels and you've got enough to go home across the bridge or swing by 7-Eleven and get, like, the two-for-one hot dogs, Courtney and I. <laughs> we'd, like, yes! get the hot dog, we'd sit on her, like, hood, and it'd be, like, we'd be all sweaty from the show, and our curfew is one. Like, I got extended to one, because I was like, Mom, I was like, the opening band maybe starts at 10, and then the headliner starts at n- midnight, I can't leave at midnight to be home by then. Like, you got to give me more time. And my yeah. mom was like,
0: well, if Courtney's with you. As long as Courtney, Because <laughs> Courtney had no curfew. Oh, no, okay. She was that friend. I think I may have been the Courtney. No and, curfew. Uh... Or, oh, d- or the practical the practical practical, practical won't yeah. get in trouble yeah won't won't spice it up and that was college I saved all of that energy she's, for college so I did not have Courtney
1: in college and there okay. was a big difference like Courtney still to this day talks me out of stupid shit like she still <laughs> is the voice of reason like she is so level headed and practical and and like I I don't even know how many scrapes she probably got me out of but I also think like trouble just vacated when it's our like we were not hassled by guys you're, in the way. maybe your yeah.
0: energy your
1: confidence I think so you're also yeah. like i mean i just remember uh wearing some of the worst outfits like i mean the overalls Oh the overalls, and they were enormous. There was none of this form-fitting overall trend, which I just like the cute jumpsuits that are happening right now. So I I love love, jumpsuits. Everybody that knows me knows that I'm very do love jumpsuits. Very pro jump. I just performed in. I I have this special jumpsuit that I wear probably once every six months at the Uh market theater, and every time I wear it, people are like, "Oh, girl!" I'm like, "I know. I had to bust it out, but it's almost too sexy for the stage, and everything just kind of changes." So I'm like, whoa, I gotta, I gotta just, Strap I don't know, them back I'm still and trying them to up. find the perfect performance jumpsuit. I don't know what that one is. But anyways, <laughs> jumpsuits, I am very, very, very pro jumpsuits. But overalls, and part of it's like, I had this enormous pair, like I'd pull it out like clown style to the side. Yes. But I'd sex it up by wearing just a sports bra under it.
0: I was literally <laughs> going to ask you that. Because oh, yeah. I think I put in the email like tank top yeah. and and uh, overalls. But no, you were straight up sports I bra. I just, I remember Oh, devolving no
1: I just devolved I, I feel like <laughs> I I still remember going to a punk show and I was wearing like a pair of I think well, I had a terrible pair of brown corduroys that I still when I see photos Aren't of them, all I will send you some photos terrible. they're just they're they're so they're so high-waisted they're so unflattering. They're <laughs> just like, they're clearly, they're old. We used to go get old man pants. That's that was, what I wore. That's, that's when did. I was
0: finally invited to the party because I could, I could wear old man clothes. I'm like, it. yes. Yeah. Because no women's yeah. clothes fit me. Yes. So like, or I had to be an old woman or an old man. So I'm like, I'm going to pick old dude. That's yeah. what That's what I'll yes. be.
1: We, Courtney and I went to the very first Warp Tour, which I believe was in 1994. Oh, okay. I think it was 94 was the first time the Warp Tour at least came to Portland didn't sell any tickets so they moved it to la luna the tiny little venue that i loved and they had huge name Warped bands Tour didn't, <clears throat> no it was an unknown it didn't sell enough tickets oh my god so they had rented like an arena like a big space for it mm-hmm. and they didn't sell enough mm-hmm. and i remember it was back when they constructed like skateboard parks oh, okay. next yeah, to yeah. it so they they like took La luna and like busted out the back and it was it was one of the best shows ever and i what well, sublime was the headline okay and it was maybe six months before the singer died like i remember seeing sublime and then he died of an overdose shortly after that um and it was right before sublime like god in college it was like every frat was like you know all that all the sublime coming out of their windows but back in 94 sublime was still fairly unknown and Courtney and I are waiting to go. Somehow we were near the bar, and we see this teeny tiny girl. She looks nothing like anybody in the club in that she's not wearing grunge. She is wearing, like, full makeup, blonde Barbie doll 50s hair. So it's a curl in the front and, like, a big poofy ponytail. She's wearing, like men's pants but they're form fitted she's wearing a spike belt and she's wearing a teeny tiny top this is right when baby doll tops started hitting I was going to ask soon about baby which doll I tops. squeezed myself into many a baby doll top but mm-hmm. this was before because again I think I was probably like 16, 17, no I wasn't that old was 16 so super judgy right because mm. i'm wearing my flannel my oversized like, you know what
0: the real deal is you have done this before well and i just
1: was like look at her what is she that's a lot of effort to put into going and seeing a punk show so we like make fun of this woman Aww. because that's what you do in your self-conscious girl who's secretly thought she looked phenomenal and she is attracting attention, right? Like, guys can... Mm. I mean, she's getting free drinks. She's smiling. She's laughing. Courtney's like, holy crap, I don't think her eyelashes are real. I think those are fake eyelashes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, my God. Those are going sweat right off. So we're... Yes. Yes. So the practical Courtney is like, <laughs> that's just not a concert look. Like, you know... <laughs> or maybe she's just not going to go there. She's going to hang out on well, the bar and, and get I drinks. think she, she had on those huge clodhopper Hopper shoes that had, like, the, 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 the platform that was, like... Which, again... Super, like she was way ahead of us style-wise. Like the things she was wearing came in maybe yeah. two or three years later. Yeah. So then we're in the crowd. Sublime comes on. We're like, yay! The little tiny blonde jumps up, sings with him. <gasps> it was Gwen Stefani! <laughs> we were getting Gwen Stefani shit. <laughs> you were key- I was making you, yeah, I openly made fun of her. You
0: openly made fun of Gwen Stefani for not being <laughs> <laughs> enough. for, for uh, looking too good, really. For looking yeah. too good and for like who are like what even are you? Yes. Because oh. she really and, and again
1: it's because she was Gwen Stefani. She's teeny tiny. I you know, the woman is probably I, I think I looked it up and I think she claimed she's five seven no, no, she was like five four and like maybe ninety pounds, like a tiny, tiny woman and just looked nothing like us. That's, because
0: she was not one of us She was not. <laughs> and that makes sense why she was ahead of her time with yeah. all of that. I, actually as you were speaking, like like I wonder if she's visiting from California or something. Yes, there was where Sublime was all Southern punk. I mean, okay. we were very
1: into the Southern California punk. A lot of them like just hooked up I nine or I I five mm-hmm. and like Portland, Who Seattle. So we got to see a lot of you know and, and ska, a lot of great like South like. Sorry, I'm exhausted. So just, I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, the bands, the bands, the the bands. bands. But, like, I still, like, that was... And then, like, what her tragic Pretty Little Kingdom album came out in 95... The one, I'm just a girl. Okay. And, and I yeah. just remember being like, oh, she's a big deal. Like, at the time, it was like, oh, she is with Sublime, of course. So okay. she's, and she can sing. Okay, she's all right, you know. But then, like, when she and exploded, she I was like, oh, well, at least I have a cool Gwen Stefani story. <laughs> um, but it was like, I, I also saw Collective Soul. Do you remember Collective I Soul? They were like, yeah. Like, that terrible, yeah. terrible. And Collective Soul, I think, was the most mainstream band i saw at the time and i remember being like oh this is a big deal because the line was like all around the block and around mm. the corner and my fun collective soul story and then i'll move on is we were waiting and waiting and waiting in this long line and la luna had multiple levels it was a converted warehouse of course okay. it was or like it used to be a sewing factory or something and so on the ground level there was windows that were like like, down, down there. And okay. they were old school. And they just popped open. And the one that was attached to sort of the lounge was right around the corner from where we were waiting. <clears throat> and we were standing there. And these guys kept reaching out and poking their feet while we were waiting, like poking, right? Hmm. And they were already in the club. Yeah. And how dare you? And stop, stop yeah. touching our Doc Martens, you. <laughs> and then they were kind of like, hey, meet us in the lounge, you know? And we're like, oh, whatever. We're here to see Collective Soul. And so we get in and who knows who they were? Well, it turns <gasps> out it was my husband. Was it really? <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was funny because like, We did not know each other in high school. We went to rival high schools. Uh And then, but we both loved the punk counterculture scene. And so years later, we realized we had been to many of the same shows. And so one of, he was like, we used to like sit in the lounge and poke people's feet while they waited in line. I was like, did you do that at the collective soul show? And he's like, we did. We did. I was like, you totally poked my feet. Oh my God. We met each other like years before. He almost got a waffle iron, waffle print on his hand. It was sweet, innocent flirtation. Oh, was it at its best? It really was. Good. I mean that's the thing it's like a lot of punk back then half of it was the experience of going like yeah. you get their CD as well as the teeny tiny baby doll the, shirt. The baby doll shirt. Well Skink and Pickle was this band <laughs> from Southern Southern California. Oh my god. And um, they I still have the <laughs> shirt and it was like the very first time I was like dear god that's a tiny shirt but being like I think my sex appeal might go better. And I remember like getting it kind of stuck. And like, no, if I wear a sports bra and like squeezing it off. How on, small could it be? It was so tight. I look at it and I'm like, I guess I could keep this for my son. Oh no, he's outgrown it at age nine. Like it was so tiny. And it was marketed for women,
0: right? It was like the very- That's insane. That would fit one breast. Just one boot. How would it even? Because you're you're a a fit, slender I, I, it, person. But I I think
1: they were marketing to Gwen Stefani. You know, to, to children. Was, oh, to Gwen Stefani. Was, end it, of list. They really okay. were. They were. They were marketing. And and that was it. Was funny because I remember going to the warp Tour in '96. Ninety-five, same thing. Like, but now all the bands had a baby doll shirt, yeah. and I was like, "Who we do I want to?" Look... Yeah, like, who do I want to smash my boobs to really get into? Well, yeah. I like yeah. wore this tiny shirt the day after I saw um, Skin and Pickle. To the my temp job. This would have been 1996. My temp job at the Port of Portland importing Hyundais. Oh. Um, which out on the blacktop with like thousands thousands of cars. Ooh. And there's all these guys there. And there's a couple skaters. And one of them is like, hey, cool shirt. The Skink and Pickle. My man here has a Skink and Pickle tattoo. And I was like, what? And like one of the designs on my teeny shirt was like uh-huh. a pickle wearing like... Like two tone shorts going like this. Yeah. And the guy flips up his back and is like, yep, brand new. And it's the pickle and it's on his back, and that's my husband. <laughs> No, no. You might have to cut this out because he's Why? like, no. Ask him because I would love that. Uh, I would love that to be. Yeah, your no, no. Origin I, we story. Could, it is. It is part of our origin story. So part we bonded origin. because my teeny tiny shirt had his tattoo on it, and it was one of those tattoos where he was like, I don't know. I was eighteen. I was trying to impress a girl, and I drew it myself. <laughs>
0: Myself, oh my heart! It is. It is
1: part of our origin story. I love yeah. it. But like we met in '96, and uh, when we were really young, so it's it's and part of the culture. And I just think it's funny that like the skink and pic- pickle was but, one of our connecting points. That Va- it's it has everything: fashion, <laughs> cars, cars, concerts, concerts, really the music, music. <laughs> really about like who's playing let's go it wasn't about like I want to see gutter mouth it was like I'm gonna go and be seen and be part of part of something and have an adventure and experience because leading up to these shows we would like, go to Burnside, or we'd go to Burger King, or we'd go to the, we'd, like, watch people crossing the bridge. Like, there was lots of ceremony around it. Yeah. And I don't know if kids... The whole evening. Yeah, I don't know if kids have adventures like that anymore, but it was also, like, all about driving in your car, because, like, you had to be seen, and so you'd, like, roll down windows, and if someone was nearby, you'd wave at them, and, like, if you saw a Salvation Army box. You pull over to rifle through the clothes, and you're under a bridge, and someone thinks you're prostitute. You know, it's just like it These was like the things we did. How do? many funny, cool
0: stories can <laughs> then we
1: tell our high school cohorts? And yeah, you know, like we were out really living, and Portland was a lovely place to like go out and be like, yeah. oh, there's more than high school. There's more. Like one day I'll get a job, and one day you know it's like I can do more, and, and one day I'll buy my <clears throat> own hemp. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm. I just I, I sold so much hemp. I did I sold I wore and sold and that's the other thing about Josh was when we first met like he had a huge necklace on and I just yeah. remember that was part of it I was like that's a cool necklace did you make it yourself
0: did he um yeah I think so nice yeah I need to start wrapping up I thought we could cause I you've been doing a lovely job these are lovely stories <laughs> I am so happy um that Gwen Stefani one make me laugh <laughs> Um, But I thought we would talk because Mara and I uh, spoke via email um, and that she just went through her, like, 90s box and how she was, like, going through some, like, emotional stuff. We don't need to get into specifics or anything. Um, But she said that she processed uh, pain and disappointment and hurt through... Uh, these zines Mm -hmm. and in these zines it's not just like again when I think zines I usually think poetry just because that's what I'm I'm exposed to have been Mm -hmm. exposed to not exposed to many yeah um but so many of these are beautiful sketches and arts and arts and arts and stuff lots of arts (laughs) Uh, lots of arts (laughs) drawings Mm -hmm. um and that is something that I that really resonates with me as well because art when you're f- when you're having these big feelings, capital yeah. B, capital mm-hmm. F, it is hard to manage them or like yeah. cope with them. Yeah. Hopefully, we're all healthy enough and aware enough, and maybe have <laughs> therapy. Brag. Yeah. Um, to get us there, but also <coughs> the healing power of making something. Yeah. Yeah. I think is lovely. Yes. Yes. So I didn't know if you um had any like. Were for you? Were you like literally writing exactly what was happening? Cause it's almost like journaling in yeah, a way. What you've done, yes, it's fancy journaling. I think it's a mix
1: of uh, the highs and lows of being a teenager. So especially the first one, it's the highs of being. In love with life, and 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 be, when you are a big feeler, right? Mm-hmm. Some people, it's like this is all I feel, and you feel yeah. like this. I'm holding my arms out, way hot, way, way wingspan far away. like an eagle, huge, huge, and and. Um, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot for you and for those around you. So it's like, how do you... So when things are going really well, they're going really well. And when things are going really bad, it's still really big. So I feel like there was a mix of excitement and also wanting to reflect and process. Like, here's all the... I want to document this and I am so, so excited. Um, it's it's overflowing and it's it's like, that's why we have our experiences and adventures. Um, And then... Um I don't again I left the darker ones home but like the transition <laughs> the trip so like yeah. it it the transition from teenagerhood excitement mm-hmm. to like oh I'm on my own I'm an adult like, this zine was, like, I'm away from home for the first time. Holy crap, I'm I'm totally overwhelmed and totally scared. I'm, I'm having new opportunities, um, but I'm having to set my own bedtime, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm having to make choices about what I eat, and no one's cooking for me. And if I get sick, no one takes care of me. And if yeah. I make a terrible choice, there's no one that's going to, like, say anything to me. I have to live with it. So, like, as the zines progressed... Like, I had to process this and I can't wait for you to read it. Yeah. I, really I read it and it. I. So, what's odd too, and that's why the box was hard, is looking at it now as a grown woman is it, with all my knowledge and perspective mm-hmm. is is it's like half cringeworthy like oh girl mm-hmm. and been also really reflective like oh i don't think i knew what was really going on there okay when you get home from work you can work on your zine like you can mm-hmm. put you can take some of that pain in your throat and like put it out yeah. and i think that's what's hard now as an adult it's like Back then, I had a lot of distractions. So when things were really bad, Mm -hmm. I had a lot of people, places to go, a lot of distraction, a lot of uh, outlets, and a lot of venues. And that's all narrowed with age. And I think if anything, opening up that box, reading these, remembering what kind of person it was, it's like, oh, I I really need a lot of outlets in order to be mentally healthy. And I've been, for various reasons, unable to. And I need to really pay attention to that because it's, it's eroding me and, and also being like, oh, I used to have a lot more fun and I had a lot more adventure and a lot more, um, um, ups right in those extremes and like that needs to be available somehow. And it's never going to be like that. And that's why it's sort of hard to talk about that 90s. But it was such an exciting, special time. It's hard not to... Like, I I feel like I need to use it as a resource and a reminder. Like, you have had some amazing... And you will, you know, but it just feels so limiting. And part of it's just getting older. Just getting older, having a life, having family. Yeah. And so that's where it's been kind of complicated. And then also just like, oh, those big feelings are still there, right? Like, you can zine and monologue your way through them and that helps to process it but i guess i was surprised at like with the big highs the big lows can still pop out and so like i'm currently writing a zine just because again i'm like oh i'm having i'm having a hard time so what have i done in, in the past and i'm like oh i've i've written it and then there's also the benefit of like sharing it so like these zines were my way of letting people know what I was going through and what I was experiencing. And, like, the more I gave it away, the better I felt, right? It's almost Mm, like, mm -hmm. it's like, like, if you talk about it or you, yeah. then it's not all in your head anymore. And people usually have really nice things
0: to say back, right? Like, some of the best insight. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming here. And thank you so much for talking to me. And it's mostly, I just feel like a lot of us really love the 90s and miss the 90s. Mm -hmm. And sometimes dabbling in the... Nicer, nicest parts of nostalgia is just feels nice, and mm. hey, that's why we're here. Yay, thank I, you. So I want to thank you, Mara, for being here, and I cordially invite you to punk rock arm fart yeah. your way out of here okay. as we say goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Ready? Go. <gasps> Perfect. That was pretty punk. That was so punk. Super punk.